and you're here you are semi-retired or yep. fully retired what are you about 99 percent okay but you're still here yeah. you're still involved well it's important to me um it's been my life i grew up in the business and so my earliest uh, memories uh, are of the scrap business and the trade association and uh, between what is important to uh, the advancement of our industry uh, and our responsibility uh, and frankly at times our survival and i i enjoy it well you know the word scrap is uh something we're no longer using out in california because it's not a you know, as the evolution of policymakers, regulators, now activists, scrap has a negative connotation. We understand what it means, but activists, it's synonymous yep. with a bad thing. We are the original recyclers. We are the original environmentalists. And words matter, but you've been so involved with the, this. How crazy is it to you now to see how, how more burdensome this whole thing is with regulation and all. I think uh, what I find frustrating, and, and I should parenthetically say that, that we know how to work as business people with reasonable regulation. But where you are dealing with absolutists and with uh, people that don't take the time and effort to understand what our industry does and the contributions that it makes. Uh, so is it disheartening? So you got you got the situation where activism with this environmental justice has just gone crazy, trying to blame industry for the blight of neighborhoods. Okay, and what message can we tell people? What do you have to say about this? You're, you, look, you're an experienced person in dealing with these people, regulators and policymakers. What's your message to them right now? Well, I think that you have to step back a moment and find out that you have to understand uh, what their point of view is. Okay. Uh, and you view them perhaps as a customer. And then also understand as they're trying to address what their concerns are, is are their concerns, how do we make it work as opposed to I don't care what, what you're doing, uh, we don't want you there. That's you know, what no. it seems like the, 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 the sentiment is, is, is I don't care what you do, how many people you employ, no matter what you do, it's just, we're going to oppose you. Yeah. And it, it seems like being, we've lost in this country right now this ability to come together and have a real discussion because if somebody says good morning, there's somebody on the other side, how dare you say good morning? And it's really affecting industry and the recycling industry. I mean, in Oakland, they're literally suing all the agencies, the Oakland A's, to get rid of Schnitzer still out there at the port. Well, I mean, that's a prop, but the, you know. The, that's just another form of activism that's just gone crazy, in my opinion. But I, the little bit that I understand about uh, the Oakland situation, it's a property grab. It's, it's, a, it's a redevelopment grab. And under, perhaps under the guise of EJ or um, uh, urban renewal. Uh -huh. uh, but I, but th I think that's dangerous. I, I think it's dangerous. You know, and, and today, you know, your leadership would still be welcome on fighting this because you have such a sense, a common sense about you how to deal yeah. with these regulators. And 
Are you going to be involved with that as, as Israel? Or are you just kind of like, look, I, I'm done, or you want to be involved? Well, no. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm looking for opportunities to uh, stay involved. Okay. And uh, even though I'm in Atlanta now, is how do I, uh, either on a local level or national level, uh, remain involved? Uh, because it's important. And, and I think really what you, you, you highlight something that sometimes we feel as the recycling industry uh, that we are the, the ones that are being targeted. But there is, the, on a bigger picture, it is, uh, is all of industry, mm -hmm. uh, especially heavy industry. And well, you know, infrastructure, so, okay, during the pandemic, our industry wasn't shut down completely, though we were not deemed, quote unquote, essential by name. We were essential because we were supplier of raw materials to critical manufacturing, okay? And we can't get that designation, but I, I mean, without our industry, processing and getting materials ready to be repurposed by consumers for steel mills, copper, aluminum, paper mills, plastic uh, recycling, nothing gets made. Well, I think that, that what you highlight is our role in the uh, circular economy, in the supply chain, that uh, not only are we supplying as uh, material re uh, recycled material suppliers, uh, but we're also uh, supplanting uh, the use of virgin material. And when you look at today that uh, how much steel is made by electric furnaces. Which is use, use the scrap metal. Yeah, essentially 90%. Recycled metal. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, but being from originally from Wisconsin, I'm aware of the role of, of the, re, uh, the recycled uh, uh, fiber products with all the uh, paper mills up sure. there that are using uh, uh, recycled uh, uh, commodities. And so it, it's continually important uh, to emphasize that to uh, both regulators and equally as important uh, legislators. Do you think we're gonna find an environment at some point here that people are just gonna have to stop the automatic lines in the sand no matter what you do we're not going to we're gonna oppose you instead let's come together and, and really make it a better place for everybody and let's work together is that gonna come or are we just two pendulums are two or we're too divided because uh, I'm an eternal optimist I think that uh, we can uh, reach at least some kind of equilibrium point. But I think the most difficult thing, and, I, and I'm sure you've seen it during your leadership position, is to let our members, our member companies, our member leadership at those companies to understand how important it is for them to be engaged in their local communities uh, and to be engaged on a state level. Uh, well, that was your biggest asset. I mean, how, you know, when I got to know you at ISRI long ago, it was always your involvement, your ability to get involved and, and deal with and make sure 
you dealt with state local issues and then on the national level with the fly-ins, meeting with senators, meeting with congressmen, meeting with your state senators, state assembly people. You, that was your, that was your passion. You, that's, I think that's why you got the Lifetime Achievement Award because you were so effective there. Well, I learned very early on from my father and uncle and perhaps uh, even from your father that it is important that you have a responsibility to your community, uh, not only because that's where you become successful, but also because there was always this negative cachet for our industry. Uh, and it didn't matter, uh, and that was pre-EJ days. Right. And so we continually needed to let our friends and neighbors and uh, business associates know that we were valued members of the community and that uh, we provided a service uh, that advanced uh, their, their, uh, their goals as well as the community goals and, and allowed us to be successful. Well, you, you've done an, you know, remarkable work. I've, you know, our friendship, you know, we lost a good friend, Jerry Sims. That's correct. And it was after Nashville, we went to his funeral last year. And I haven't seen anybody since. It was like the lost year with this pandemic. But now here we are, we're back. And uh, it's, it's just great to be with everybody. And, and, and those friendships that, you know, over Zoom, I, I, just, I hate Zoom. I, I, I've done enough of it. I love this in person. Actually, that's why I'm enjoying doing these walk and talks because it's, we're back to being human again, back sharing, you know, our, our, our friendships and being with people. And, and it's just a great feeling. Oh, it, I, and I concur. Uh, our friendship goes 30 years. We, uh, and it was, it was based on working together and uh, common interests and enjoying each other and not on a commercial uh, uh, basis. Right. And I think that um, what if, if you're fortunate enough to remain involved on a national level, you're, with your exposure to a group of men and women in multiple commodities, uh, you know, I th you, there, there is so much talent out there. I think of uh, one of the lines in uh, Zero Dark Thirty where they said, what'd you think of the girl? And she said, He's, she's smart. And the response is, we're all smart. This group is made up of a lot of really, really smart and talented people. Well, they, they, they always say, if you're the smartest guy in the room, get a new room. And I never have to get a new room at uh, ISRI because I'm surrounded with such brilliant people. I would look up at you, David, and you would start discussing it. And you were talking parts per billions and this and that on whatever, you know, whatever you know environmental issue you were discussing I'd look up at you I'd sit there and I'd go how does that guy know that that was just incredible but you you really delved into that and, and you just knew it and you were able to deal with it and digest it filter it and put together a response to it for you know the trade association I think so many recyclers in America owe you a debt of gratitude because of your hard work and what you did. And I, that's why I think your Lifetime Achievement Award is just so deserving because people don't realize if it's if you, David Borsick, and, and other people that you work with, I mean, you're not going to take all the credit. I know you. You're way too humble. But you did a lot of amazing work. 
And without volunteers mm. like you, I, I don't know where this trade association, our industry would be. I, I think we'd be out of business. Well, I think that it's, it's important and, and it, it's not um, an offhanded comment. I could not have um, accomplished or be part of what I've accomplished without the support of the Lasky family at Sadoff Iron and Metal Company. They're great people. I, I Mark and, the, the, you know, taking and over for that. For Sheldon. For, and, yeah, I, I mean, what great people. And I agree with you. They supported you, but they also got the win because your work helped Sadoff Iron and Metal thrive and grow because you were able to, you know, stop with your, your work, bad le regulation, bad things that could have happened to our energy. And Robin said to me, this is the thing, I, I did a podcast with her. I said, what would you like to tell people about Israel? What's the most important thing Israel does? She goes, we stop bad things from happening. <laughs> you stopped a lot of bad things from happening. Uh, it's, but I think the continuing message there is, uh, especially today where you have generational changes, uh, that it's important to coach up, to mentor the young people, the younger people in the, in the uh, industry that don't have a history of community involvement and volunteerism, that uh, that doesn't come naturally to a lot of people and it also uh, as sometimes does not come naturally as, as companies get more um, uh, centralized with greater consolidation. Right, and then, yeah, they have headquarters in one city in multiple facilities thousands of miles yeah. away from each other. But it's important that they encourage their local uh, site managers and uh, employees to be engaged in their community. They don't right. have to have a leadership uh, role per se, but just if they're engaged. Right. I, I think that's terribly important. It's good for them personally, as well it's good for uh, uh, their company, and it's certainly very good for the industry. Well, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're sticking around. You're showing up, and hopefully, the, the younger generation here at Isri look up to you. And you, I know you, you're gonna offer up your advice. So l l let's talk about Isri and, and what, what was besides getting the lifetime achievement award and all the years past. What's the best moment? for you on a personal level, of all the advocacy work you did, what, what was the most satisfying thing that happened in all your work at Israel? I think there's um, two. One was uh, the passage of the Superfund Recycling Equity Act. Uh, I think that it gave us a pathway of potential um, uh, uh, protection from uh, uh, Superfund, Superfund sites. Right. Uh, the other was uh, the participation of work in the state of Wisconsin for a uh, industry-specific stormwater permit where uh, there was a plan B that if we had an outside con um, uh, consultant that ran a program that audited our stormwater program mm -hmm. and the success of it, uh, that we were, we, uh, were allowed uh, to do uh, certain best management practices on one hand and a reduction in monitoring and sampling requirements on the other hand. And the, the permit that we uh, negotiated in I think about 1999-2000 is essentially still in effect today in its third iteration. Well that's, that's, lasting, that's lasting and it shows the quality of the work that you were able to do. 
So looking out now here, we're gonna coming down to the end of this walk and talk. For those who are gonna watch this, you have them give them a message. What is David Borsick's message to people in the recycling industry? Um, that on the level of pers personal development, uh, please be engaged, but even inward looking, that there's nothing wrong with being selfish and saying, it's good for my company to be involved. And perhaps in a very somewhat cynical way, even if you have people within the industry that are engaged, that if you're not part of that engagement, other people are gonna define your uh, way, method of operation. And so your involvement is absolutely critical, both for your company specifically and the industry. Well, I think, you know, I'm an advocate for that, but you, you are the beacon of what being involved is. You are the person that I know over the years, because of your involvement, you've made things better for the environment, for the communities, for our industry, and it's because you got active and you were involved. And I think that's a great message. I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, are people gonna listen to understand all the great work was done by somebody like you that they have to carry the baton. The torch has to, it doesn't stop just because you're not every day in, in the office in Wisconsin anymore. That this work has to continue all the time. That's correct. Well, David, my friend, God bless you. you. Awesome to be with you. And it's another episode of Pile of Scrap. Yeah. <laughs> This has been a Sierra International Machinery original audio series. Thanks for listening. Please share this podcast and make sure to subscribe.